And, and photography is late. Like taking still pictures of stuff and posting that, that that's that's so old. Now everybody like nobody even calls the police when things are happening anymore. They take out their phones. <laughs> they set up the set. They call action and they sit there and roll them while something terrible is going on. Nobody even calls the police. So we're living in the era of forced, maybe forced transparency. <laughs> Some of it, not so much, but nope. no, I'm not, I'm not naive. Nope. Here, brother. I don't think it's, a, it's uh, more frequent right now. Just think that, you know, we no, got I, I a million score. No, I honestly don't know the answer everything. to that question. I'm not going to say that it that it isn't happening more frequently now, uh, considering who is the president and who's in power. I, I don't. I really don't know the answer to that question. It could be that because of the cameras rolling, we just catch everything, or it could be that uh, you know a little bit more frequent because we're not as far along into our post-racial society as we thought. Well, I would even be willing to bend a little and say, of course, it's a little. Maybe it's a little bit of both. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we yeah. did, we do, you know, we've talked about this before and some of the other stuff out there, like we felt since our current president has been in office that certain things have become more frequent. Not that that wasn't the ingrained thinking of everybody. It's just that people weren't so brazen about it. And now that he's given them the power, you know, it, it's a little bit more uh-huh. you know, in your face. So it's maybe a little bit of both. But it, it's there. It's rooted. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely rooted. So, yeah, it's been a a good week of sports. Yeah. NBA playoffs are in effect. We're definitely going to talk about that, um, give you guys some in-depth analysis of what's been happening in the conference finals. Um, you know, the, the NBA draft lottery uh, just happened, and we're going to spend most of the second hour of the show giving you what I like to think at this point is our annual discussion on whether or not the lottery is rigged, <laughs> what proof we may have, and, you know, we'll just go from there. So let's get it started. Let's get it popping with some mm-hmm. hot topics, and hot topics are brought to you by my bookie. Uh, we got to talk to our brothers over at my bookie now that uh, <laughs> now that sports gambling is legal. Like, how's this going to affect us and our, <laughs> our numbers and our business over here? We'll yeah. see, and we'll also talk about that for a minute um, as well. But for now, I just want to talk to you guys out there a little bit about some scratch and how much of it you can make betting on sports contests at my bookie. The NBA and NHL no playoffs are still chugging along, so if you haven't checked them out. This is probably the best time to do so. You can lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports. Join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. You're tired of getting the runaround when it's time for a payout? That's why we urge you to join MyBookie. No ass betting on their end. You win. They pay very fast and without any hassles. You're wasting your time investing your money anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wagers after tip-off, so you can face-off, or whatever. So if LeBron takes the, the, the elbow or the shoulder to the face early in the game and, you know, you still haven't placed a wager in the game yet, you can bet that LeBron might quit a little bit. So you can, you know, you can do that in your betting, you know, <laughs> place your bet. So look um, – Join now, and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. All you got to do to get that is use the promo code WARROOM. 
That's all caps, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, and that'll activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get your ass paid. <laughs> all right, so look, the conference finals. Like, let, let's talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you all know, out there we have on the western side of things, we got the two-seeded Golden State defending champion Warriors versus the one-seeded Houston Rockets. And then on the eastern side of things, you got the four-seed Cavaliers going up against the two-seed Boston Celtics. So the Western Conference, is it, it's interesting because a lot of people look at this series, um, especially going in, as That's the, the quote-unquote NBA Finals. You know how we, you know, mm-hmm. with good reason, you know, we kind of disrespect the Eastern Conference Um Especially now with the with the run and the reign of the Golden State Warriors, so you kind of figure whoever they're playing in the Western Conference is probably going to be a better matchup than what we see in the NBA Finals. But sports fans have slept on things before, so we don't know what Cleveland and or Boston might have to offer in the next round. But for right now, we have a one-one tie. You know, the pom poms are ready to jump out there, jump off that bridge after Game One when Golden State handled um, uh, the Rockets pretty easily, uh, the Rockets came back and returned the favor in pretty easy fashion in game two. So from what you've seen, B. Austin, what are some of the differences from both teams from game one to game two that basically led to a Warriors blowout in game one and flip to a Houston blowout in game two? Like, why was it so much different? Um, Game one showed you why the Warriors are going to be the NBA uh, world champs. How can you be the National Basketball Association world champs? But they're going to show you. Um, The American world champs. Game two showed you that Houston isn't completely some hoes. Um and they made they made necessary adjustments. Namely, they moved the ball around. They moved the ball. So in the first game one, it was all pick high pick and roll. James Harden, get out of my way. And all you uh, all you extra dudes, you know, if things get tight, I pass you the ball and you shoot. But for the most part, I got this. Ten, yeah, 15, saw... 16 second dribble. I saw mm-hmm. the exact same thing, B. And I, I thought James Harden was auditioning for uh, you know, filet videos all and night. One. Because he would stand up at the top of the key and tween, 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 he would do his step way back dribble but, that you don't think is a, uh, a travel that I do, and, and shoot the shot. The good thing about it, the only thing about it in game one, he was actually making the shot, so there was nothing to tell yeah. him besides the fact that they were getting the doors blown off of him that that wasn't working. Yo. You know what I'm saying? He figured if it I score off fault. of it, right, right. But when I pass it to you, dudes, <laughs> you miss the shots. But you're passing it to him with two <laughs> seconds left. And I don't know if you remember, but that's kind of what I say about how Cleveland plays because, you know, you have the myths out there that LeBron James, because he's a willing passer, you know, a lot yeah. of people think he's that's like not the a, easy that he's person not a ball. to play with. But LeBron right. will 
destroy the ball as far as pounding the ball until there's maybe six or seven seconds left in the shot. I mean, in the shot clock, and then starting to his move, which either ends up in a drive, a pull-up, where you always know it's going to be a pull-up if he waits longer than six or seven seconds because, you know, he doesn't have time, which to me, like, if the, other, if the defenders are looking at the shot clock on the other end of the court, his game is kind of predictable. But it's like, if I see this, how come they don't see this? Anyway, if he goes into his yeah, move he's that good. seven seconds left, you know, he's either going to try to get to the hole on, or he's going to kick we it out to somebody. But he's putting these role listen. players in position, just like James Harden, to shoot these pressureful yeah. shots on every We're going to get the brother hairline, man. We got to talk about I, Houston. We're going to get the brother hairline. No, no, we are. That's why I brought it back to James Harden. I said, just like James Harden, you know, he puts these pressureful shots on these role players. And then when the role players don't hit them, you know, the casual fan and, and the casual talking head on sports radio and TV, because they've become way more casual than fans these days, you know, the cow herds. Then it's PJ's Tucker. It PJ, it's PJ Tucker's fault that he's PJ Tucker. Like, right, after right, you right. done dribbled all the air out the ball, now you give it to PJ Tucker, and when he misses, y'all won't be mad because PJ Tucker is PJ Tucker. So Come on, fan. Now, for the last 15 years in the NBA, we've – come to the notion that the star player always has to take the pressure shots. But when the pressure shot doesn't come at the end of the game, people don't realize that they're pressure shots. They're still pressure shots because they're at the end of the shot clock every time. So these guys are feeling that pressure. Like I have to knock this down or we're going to lose the possession. Not working. Yeah. So, so I saw the game. So game, so game two, uh, I think that what, the coaching move was let's move around more as a team. But then I saw James Harden going earlier or calling for the pick earlier and going right. to the rack and a little bit more than just earlier. stepping back. Tween, 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 tween. Tweens early. Up at like, Step back. Yeah, he was, he was tweening has he, at, has he, he at 16 instead of at 6. <laughs> yeah, and then a pass. But, but it wasn't always a pull-up or a layup. It was a it was dribble drive and pass or dribble drive and kick and it resulted in a less pressureful shot. I like that word pressureful. I think I'm a borrow that. Pressureful. A less pressureful, pressureful, a less pressureful shot for PJ Tucker. So then PJ Tucker said, "F you, Dad. You ain't never seen me knock these down. Well, f you then if you don't believe in me. War room. <laughs> I got game. I'm PJ Tucker." All right. Let me stop you right there because the listening audience might not even have caught what you just said when he said, Dev, you don't think I can knock these down? This is a, this is a fact. And, and it, it remains a fact even last night after P.J. Tucker apparently, allegedly, went five for six from the three-point line. I watch a lot of Houston games. I've watched them all throughout the season. I have never once in my life, I've seen him take plenty. And I always ask my brothers, why does P.J. Tucker continue to take threes? I never checked his percentage. He shoots 37%. I never checked his percentage by saying this. I asked him this question because when I watch Houston games, he gets it kicked out to him, and he continues to shoot threes. I have never in my life, and I've lived a long life, and I watch a lot of basketball, I have never in my life saw P.J. Tucker make a three-pointer. 
Now, before y'all say, oh, are you All crazy? Right. PJ shoot, like B said, 37%. I'm not saying it's PJ's fault because, you know, I got a lot going on down here. I got multiple screens. I'm watching different games. I'm turning my head. I'm going to get a grub. I'm a fat boy. I go to get a lot of grubs during sporting contests. I go to the bathroom a lot because I grub and drink a lot during the sporting contest. Not alcohol. <laughs> so, I swear PJ Tucker must do all this 37%ing. While I'm either in the bathroom, going to get a grub, looking at a different screen at a different game, turning the channel to see what else is on, I have never been, and I swear to you, last night, it wasn't even turning the channel. I was, this was the only thing I was watching, but the only thing was, was, I, was uh, I was exhausted. So I'm dozing in and out of sleep. And I'm, when I'm up, I'm texting in the War Room Sports Game Time group app. And I, I woke up. Yo. And PJ this dude is making an excuse. He's Listen, making an PJ excuse Tucker. to not be my man PJ get off. Listen, though. This is last night. I woke up out of a doze, and PJ Tucker's celebrating. And the announcers, who are terrible, by the way, are talking about how he is four for five from three and PJ's on fire. And I'm sitting here like, come on, man. I didn't just miss this man hitting threes again. And then I go into the group chat. Jimmy's like, Dad, did you see your man? He just he just knocked down a couple threes. And I know they thought I was lying when I was like, yo, I really didn't see that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Tucker must be my basketball version of J. Cole. Shout out to J. Cole. I'm a fan. But it's a it's a running joke in our circle that J. Cole – is like sleepy time music because he's a little bit boring, even though he's lyrical, kind of puts you to sleep. I think PJ Tucker's success might be my NBA version. Puts you to sleep. He puts me to sleep. Yo, you you miss PJ Tucker. It was the PJ Tucker show. It was damn James Harden. No, James got off. Damn Chris Paul and the rest of them dudes. I I can't believe it. It was PJ Tucker. But I, I, I think that I think here's the problem as we as we move on from PJ's game that Dev did not see, even though he saw the game. Um, the problem is this is not the way that Houston wins. Now they are professional NBA basketball players, so for a game or maybe even two, they are skilled enough and and have the talent to change the way they play. But eventually they're going to deviate and go back to habits and go back to the way they're used to playing for the regular season, and it's not going to work against Golden State. And Golden State you know has this I thing where, yeah, I, I do know. But, you know, but go ahead, you know, in, gonna, it's going to be easy to fall back into those habits, which you and I could say are bad habits. But they don't. Mm-hmm. They probably don't get told much that they're bad habits because hey. I won sixty something games. They coaches, and had the number they coaches, one they coaches in the NBA. Right, right. They, I mean, but terrible they had coach. the number one record in the league. So there's really nothing out yeah. there that can give them one hundred percent confidence that what they're doing is bad basketball. Besides the fact that doing it in game one against this team didn't work. So I mean, you say they can do it for a game. I say they have to do it for at least three more games. If they want to win this series, because if yeah. they go back to twenty, no, and, that, and that's not, and that's not, step back, ain't nothing down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they go back to that, um, yeah, that's what it's be shorter than that. That's that's what it's going to be, and it's not a knock 
Um, well, yeah, it is. I mean, I, I'm I'm a fan of watching James Harden on the offensive side of the floor. I mean, that the way he plays is what we is what we all go to the basketball court. We listen. We from Philadelphia, and we from the hood. And James Harden's game fits into our childhood. Like, that's what we want to do when you go to the playground. But it, it's not, it's not going to work against a team that has five all-stars and, like, seven shooters. Like, that's not going to work. So, Golden State, Golden State had a bit of an off night. And the thing that I noticed about them is they pack it in real quick. And I'm not going to call them cowards like they're running from the challenge. But they're like, look. It's a long series. Y'all got this. It's cool. We're good. Y'all, y'all can have this game because we're going to come back and we're going to see what is really hitting for in game three and see if you can keep this up. Because if you can't, we we can score 30 to 35 points in a quarter, six quarters straight, seven and this quarters is a team, straight. What you want? This is a team with four all-stars that can beat you when – one or two of those guys aren't even having a great night. And it's not just one or two, you know, just regular guys. Like, on any given night, there could be a two-time MVP on this team that's not getting off or a one-time MVP on this team that's not getting off, and they still can beat you. So if you're making it easy for them on the defensive end, because they are a good defensive team, but everybody knows that men running cannot outrun the ball flying. So if you're passing the ball and you're moving the ball around and you're not just giving them easy targets to defend, you know, while he's up there, tween, 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 everybody just stays on their man because they know either the pass coming or the step back is coming. You know what I'm saying? You can stay home on that. And even if James Harden goes for 40 points, you can still get a fairly easy win over the Houston Rockets if you're to go yeah. I'm not saying that for anybody else. So yeah, they need the, other, the other thing that they really does well defensively to Tennessee, and there really is no answer for Golden State because you cannot double team a specific weapon. You you, you can't take away any one thing without giving up two or three more. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like have one or two. Like, like re- realistically, Golden State has nine starters. They have nine starters. So when you go to the bench, it's like you got a guy like uh, Nick Young, who he's a head case, but Nick Young is a legitimate, well, can, can give you 20 yeah. points a game. Yeah, he's going to give you him. 20 points a game twice twice a week. And then you have Sean Livingston who is to me the best post up guard in the NBA. So it's like it's pick your poison, man. Andre Eagle Dollar is yeah, like they have so many weapons they come in waves. So for me, again, that win is a testament to Houston being pretty good a pretty good team. But they're not gonna play that way for the rest of the series. They're not going to beat Golden State. Golden State is going to win in five or six. And shout out to uh, Scott one in the chat room, holding it down as usual. He said, um, he, you know, we, we mentioned how they were moving the ball, and he said these cats were moving the ball, and Houston was actually playing defense. 
Um, yeah, and, and they have a, a high defensive ranking in the league. A lot of these teams where their offense is the, is the main event, you forget that they can play defense. But um, especially, you know, they play good team defense because they have some good individual defenders that are going to mask the, the, um, <laughs> the deficiencies of their stars. And I say stars plural because even though they like to put Chris Paul on these defensive teams every year, I just don't see it besides from a steals standpoint. I, I don't really see him being that kind of dude on the defensive end. So, yeah, you know, he's awesome. they, 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 they got to try to play that way for another three or four games. Was that, uh, Yo, Jim? let me ask you a question. About, your, your assessment of Chris Paul, you think that's a recent thing, or you think he's always been overrated defensively? No, I think always. he's always been pretty overrated. And I, I'm not saying he's terrible or he's a liability. He's not like James Harden level or anything like that. Um, but you can't hide that. Like, you're not going to get on – even if they're overrating you and your superstar uh, – superstardom is getting you on these teams, being just terrible is not going to get you on these teams. But I think Chris Paul is just a, an average, maybe a little above average defender, and he definitely, you know, throughout his career could get to those passing lanes and get steals, um, cheating off a little bit and doing his little dirty things sometimes kick you in the nuts and then take the ball from you. <laughs> but, but, you know, where he's been throughout his career, offensive team, nah. <laughs> Never thought he was that kind well, of defender. I want to I I stand Chris Paul for a second. Pause that. Because um, I had an interesting conversation with somebody today. Um, it's funny to like, talk about hoops because Chris Paul is a weird place where I see some people say what you just said, but I think it's overall overrated. And then some people think that he's one of the top, like, you know, three or five point guards to ever live. So, what do you think Chris Paul ranks all time in terms of his all time the point guard? You mean just overall all time at a point at a point guard position? Um, I mean, without thinking too heavily, he has to be somewhere in the top ten. Like, I, you know. I used to hold the I used to hold the torch for Darren Williams when they both were good together. There was a time when Darren Williams was better than him, but his fall off was so steep that you can't even mention Darren Williams yeah. in these conversations anymore, even though I just did. So all time, yeah. Chris Paul definitely goes above I remember, that. I remember but talking. I, I would have I remember put him what in you're talking about. It's crazy the fact that considering like the way their careers and. I wonder how much that has to do with, like, you know, the fact that when he was playing out of his mind, he was playing with Jerry Sloan and his system. But anyway. Um, you know how like I can I sum up the respect that I really do have for him, Jim? Because as much as I talk about his overrated defense, as much as I talk about his uh, his barber and, and needing to be shot, um, as much as I talk about Chris Paul trying to act like he's tough all the time and maybe a little bit dirty – when I had a son and I started to get him into basketball, even though LeBron was his favorite player and Steph was one of his favorite players and Westbrook was one of his favorite players, I always made sure I told him to watch Chris Paul. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, y'all know I didn't – ain't no way I'm going to bless the shorty with height. <laughs> so you're going to play point guard your whole life. So watch this dude right here. So. That's yeah. the respect that I have. You, 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 you hit him with the left ground, John. Like, play the game this way. Right, I right, think, exactly. I think he's, um, guards who are 
probably better and more flashy and can do more things. But as far as pure goes, he's the best of the generation. No doubt. Someone uh, I, think, I think he's great. I think he's great. I think he's I think he's an all time great, but I don't think that he's top five and I'm questionable on top ten because here's my thing. I can give him his due as a great point guard, but the fact that this guy has not had playoff success, I mean, sometimes I blame it on the team, but when you're top five, top ten, you gotta transcend you gotta transcend some of that, man. It's like I don't wanna hold him one million percent accountable for the fact that he hasn't had playoff success. But some yeah, of that got a lot lay with position, him. You know I mean? yeah. Especially He's not like a freak at his position. He ain't like some six eight point guard or anything like that. So being a normal right. size point guard in today's game, even though they're saying this is like the era of the point guards, I think it's the era of good point guards, but I don't think they're the ones that's carrying you through the playoffs. You know what I mean? So be all right. I don't even know. I'm yeah. thinking about this. I'm gonna go my top five of time at this. I know my top three are probably Magic, Jake Kidd, and Isaiah. Um, Same here. That's just me personally. Yeah. All right, so yeah. outside of that, now when I get to four and five, it's like, all right, um, you know, because because of my, because of my beliefs, I can't put Stockton up there. So, um, I think Steve Nash. Yo, overrated. I think I think Steve Nash is no, but the funny great. thing is, B, I don't think Stockton is overrated, and I don't even think that's what Jimmy's saying. He's just saying because of his beliefs, he can't put him there. Stockton might be everything yeah. he's advertised to be. But we don't want to hear that. Yo, yo, definitely, that's no exactly what I'm saying. But I'll say it. Anyway, so like, when I get past those three, it's like, does Chris Paul make the five? Like, all right, now you start bringing in guys like, um, at that point, you bring in who? Who comes in? The four or five. What about black, black, black Jesus? That's true. So you got to start thinking of guys you haven't seen yeah. play. And you know what? You know, I, I used to not look at Oscar as a point guard, but Oscar, Oscar was a Oscar's point guard. A point guard. Yeah, Oscar's so you gotta guard. put so that's like five. that in there. Okay, but that's when it gets but but B. That's when it gets difficult for us though because we know the records. <laughs> you know, we've seen some footage, uh-huh. but we really didn't see those guys play. So I mean, being so, the historians so that we, of course, we could put them there. But if somebody was to take right. it, the question a little farther and say, okay, name me the top five that you've seen, Chris Paul would have an argument. Like you would have to consider him in that four or five spot yeah. somewhere. Even if you don't put him there, you would have to consider Penny, him at least. Penny, uh, Penny, got, Penny got the leprechaun syndrome because Penny was on his way. But, you know, right, um, right, right. Kind of theory says Penny can't be there. Um, so, Penny, I, I think so. Chris might, Paul might, on my list might go higher than Steve be. Nash, even though he won two MVPs. I, yo, I agree. I, I mean, agree but, with you. You know, as far as playoff success, what is it? <laughs> I look back at some of those Hornet teams and wonder how he got leaked out of them because, you know, they were <laughs> I also agree with what he often says. Some, some of the blame has to go to him the same way blame goes to Melo and guys that, you know, haven't been able to get it done by themselves. So it's difficult. But he's, he, it's, weird, it's weird, though, because talking to people who love hoops is like, it's hot or cold with Chris Paul. It's not like a consensus of where he is. And I just thought that was interesting. I want to get you guys' perspective. Well, let's get a uh, – oh, well, I was about to get another opinion. I thought uh, the homie Tobias was on the line. 
He must have got that whip cracked on him. <laughs> he had to get out hey, of the boy. stairwell. <laughs> he had to get out of the stairwell on his cell phone. Hey, Tobias, man, we tried to come to you. So um, if, call us back if you can, if you're not bleeding to death. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Let's let's go to the Eastern Conference real quick then. So let, let's go to that matchup with the Boston Celtics and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think Boston, you know, a lot of people are going to try to play the genius role like they knew all of this was going to happen. But I think Boston is still surprising people. And even though at this point, really, all you all you really can say is, okay, they've done what they were supposed to do. They're in the Eastern Conference Finals. They've won the first two games on their home court. So I think before people get too out of hand, they have to look at it that way because um, last series when they were playing against the 76ers and went up 2-0, it was the same story. But once the Sixers blew that game three late in the game and they took the 3-0 lead, then that's different. I'm like, okay, you're stepping into a realm of things that in a quote-unquote perfect playoff world, this isn't what you're supposed to do. You know, they're supposed to come back and maybe win the two on their floor because if you look at their first round matchup, nobody won a game on the road. So they won two. People probably got excited yeah, and the Bucks came back and won two. And then, you know, it went like that. So you still have to consider that Buck series. You know what I'm saying? If the Bucks yeah. came back and did what they did on the on at in their home gym, you have to expect LeBron James, who's been to seven straight NBA finals in the Eastern Conference, to to have something for the Celtics at home. Now when they win a um, third game on Cleveland's floor, then I think it might yeah. be kind of time. Well, seen I'm in the first two games of this particular What's, that, what's interesting what to me is this. It's something, something that you mentioned on the Sixers series that I still see happening um, in this series is like you mentioned as we were in the chat during the game that, yo, teams go on runs or do something. Boston always has an answer for everything you throw right. at. They seem to find right. an answer, and they're still doing that. Like, LeBron was hitting double threes the other night, falling out of bounds. My man had, like, 25 in the first quarter and <laughs> four. <laughs> like, Boston has an answer for everything. And it was also interesting to me about this team is to watch to have the confidence they have in the way they play. It reminds me of a lot of teams I see throughout time in sports, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, where they get into the playoffs. That first series is like they grind it out, and somehow they catch right. their stride, get confidence. Because think about it. If they keep walking past Cleveland the way they have, like Milwaukee will be their toughest series at seven games, which is crazy. Um, but it also is because of how their trajectory is going. Like they're getting hot and confident at the right time. So that's right. interesting to me. Um, Brad Stevens is still back there, you know, doing his thing. Um, Al Horford at this game. Up. Al Horford is one of those guys. You know, he's always yeah. been a good player. Been a good and he, player and he's one of those guys. Uh, Jim that answers stuff like Al Horford has an answer for everything yeah, you a, do. Yeah, yeah. Al, <laughs> whether it's a Al Horford is like a disrespectful. Al, uh, yeah, Al Horford is like a disrespectful fourteen-year-old teenage daughter. He got an answer for everything <laughs> you say to him. <laughs> he always talking back. Shout out. Yeah, <laughs> he always talking back. He's not scared that's at how, all, and he don't even have the that's talent. That come from experience. Uh, allegedly um, I, I am Listen for all of the people that are acting Like they're not surprised that Boston Is here yeah they've Quote unquote air quotes done What they're supposed to do in winning those Two games but none of us saw this Coming 
None of us, mm-hmm. and even if they don't win this series, as a Sixers fan, I am petrified because my man Tatum does what he wants. Yo, I wanted to ask y'all, does Tatum remind y'all of Paul George a little bit? Like, when I see Tatum play, I see Paul George. Like, he's so – like, he's big, pause, but he can handle like a guard. Like, it doesn't look yeah. like a forward – Handling the ball, his moves look like a two a guard who's too big, and yo, like he like, is I, nice. I've never thought of it that way, B. But when you say that, I can see what you're saying. The, the only difference I would say right now, and this will come once he has you know some more skin in the game and they trust him a little bit more, he'll probably handle the ball a little bit more. Right now, he gets to show you his handle. When he gets ISO'd up, it's not like, you know, Paul George will bring the ball up and play the point guard role whenever when, when you need him to. With Tatum, he's basically going to show you some moves when he gets ISO'd and his jump shot is getting better. Like what? everything about him is getting better. He looks like he, he puts in the work, definitely. So, yeah, you, Yo, you think about I, I that love... and you think about the years to come. You think about the guys that they don't have. Like, they could have a very good problem next year and just bring everybody back and just be the deepest team in the Eastern Conference and have a bunch of guys who can average 20, averaging 10 and 11. And then this, this isn't a you shot. Could, you could this look is not at a place shot. and but, – but, 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 B, you can, look at a, you can look at areas on your team where they might think they have some deficiencies – and a guy like Gordon Hayward, who barely got to step foot on the team, is expendable now. You could trade Gordon Hayward and get something crazy back for him. You could throw Gordon Hayward yeah. up into a trade to try it, to get Anthony Davis or Kawhi Leonard or somebody is, like that. What's really interesting is um, how I, me personally, I, me and as I was criticized Danny Ainge because I had idea what he was on the team. He was just stockpiling picks, but he was collecting. They were football cards. And with the Kyrie move, a couple other moves, everything just fell into place. And it's like, he looks like a genius now, although I still, I still maintain. That's what like, I was like, I, I, I'm going to give him his props. Place. I'm going to give yeah. him his props. But I think Danny one thing Ames, I recognize about sports. That, 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 that four-leaf um, clover that's on their logo, that's real for him. Dude gets you know, lucky. And, and the one thing, but I'm going to give him his the props. One thing, think about this. The Celtics have had luck all the time. I mean, think about the luck of Bill Russell and all the guys. They had tons of luck. The fact of the matter is, even their best championship, like, yo, Doc Rivers is on his way to get, like, fired and never being able to work again until the big three came, which was a rookie. But anyway, we're not going to get the himself, came one of the greats. Yeah. Well, one thing I do recognize is, like, when you, when, you read, when you read a lot of books of the greatest coaches of time and this, this transcends sports, most of them admit that, listen, you know, as fans, we want to, like, you know, um, be analytical and look at everything, the, you know, that we're looking at uh, NFL, the guy test. All great coaches that I've read, memorized, all that. Yeah, yo, luck plays a huge part in sports. Everything happening at the right time, and and that's kind of what happened for Angel Celtics because I definitely was critical of what he was doing, but everything seems to fall into place. Right. And even with the injuries, I think long term this is to be a great thing for him, like you said, with these guys having to step up. Um, and Tatum, I'm just intrigued with Tatum in general, Paul, because that whole story with him and LeBron is just like mad interesting to me. Um, about him being a LeBron fan, one of LeBron's camp, and like having pictures with LeBron when he's eight years old, and and now like he's going at LeBron's neck, like yo, it's for a chip. It's just right. weird. Like anyway, like a, so he's like, like Larry Hughes' nephew, and Larry Hughes and LeBron used to play together, so you know he was able to meet yeah. 
his hero back then. It is crazy when you so, see stuff like that. Him bigging LeBron for a follow on Twitter, which I just saw today, which was hilarious, and someone dug that up. Like it's just like it's just interesting now. Like yo, this is your idol, and now you're going at his neck. Like he, you know, <laughs> I respect that. Cause you see, so when he begged you for it, he had to throw the old picture up there to let him know, like, yeah, we really do know each other. Now, <laughs> yeah, like you, like, now you Lebron, I, 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 now you I, I, busting I, I, Lebron's I ass, and Lebron is scared yeah, to I defend mean, you. Yeah, <laughs> he, he got to do that. And the thing, <laughs> the thing about it is, he's so young. Because I mean, he's like one year dude. He's like he's so young um, that first of all, this whole story became a possibility. But also, I see everybody saying. First of all, I don't yo, even think Bull. I don't even think Bull done growing. Oh my God! Six. But Tatum right now, he's one of the main reasons making Danny Ainge look like a genius. And I stand by my inside information that when they traded the picks, when they traded the number one pick to the Sixers last year, Danny Ainge was one hundred percent surefire going to draft. Uh, what's his name? Josh Jackson. That's in Phoenix now. Yeah. That was his draft pick until that little thing happened when they were going for the last minute. They were flying to Sacramento for the last minute uh, uh, talk and, and workout before the draft, and he canceled on them while they were in midair. <laughs> Danny yeah. Ainge was pissed. And when he took Tatum, I Tatum started balling in the summer league, and Danny was like, oh, this is the guy we wanted all along, FOH Danny Ainge. No, but I'm like, you're proud. Because it happened. I came out and started letting them sprint go. What happened? Yeah, exactly. You know, but it's funny, exactly. it's, it's funny, B.L., because you said something that's like pretty much a, a consensus around like sports, is that um, they're so young, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with forever. And like, part of me believes that. <clears throat> I have this thing in my head that you probably should write sometime what I call my Dan Marino theory. Because I, I will never, as a little kid, when I first got into football and watching Dan Marino in the Super Bowl, and they lost. And I believe it was the second or third season. I think it was the second season. <laughs> so he was going to be I back every never, year. <laughs> yo, I will never forget the, the, the guy doing the game. And we'll see him back for years to come. I mean, with a, a talent like this in the second year, for sure he'll be back here. And doesn't know how that plays out. I mean, right. you know, because of that, never you, got you just never know. You just never people know make it. Play out. People think you never, you never know, know. and that's just and that's a wisdom. That's early. a piece of early don't mean. Yeah. <laughs> that's a piece of that's a piece of wisdom. But but my man had to go to war with Mar- Super Duper, so you know they didn't I mean, give my man. I don't, I don't even, can't give I don't my even man the tool. You remember a couple years ago when um Cooper, when Miami won against KC and, and and the people then said the same thing like oh man Durant Westbrook and Harden yeah which could arguably be three MVP at the end of this year people were like oh they'll be here again this is a pro- ain't a pop like <laughs> yeah that's yeah, true that's true yeah, that's true points. maybe not yeah, yeah, they, they all gonna be back all right they gonna be back I saw someone on Twitter I saw someone on Twitter the other day and said wouldn't the big super team Harden Westbrook and Durant and people were like, yeah, that would be a great super team. I'm like, this, uh, uh, that happened. You know, <laughs> people people forgot. But, but some, actually some people commented, they, they literally forgot. A lot of people literally forgot that already happened. Um, you just never know. You just never know. Yeah. What if Danny Ainge pulls the wrong, like, yo, the wrong yo, whoever, the yo, whoever, whoever, whoever wrote that tweet was not born before 92, and they stupid. <laughs> no, 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 the part, no, 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 no. The person writing the tweet would be a smart ass. 
It was the comment on the oh, tweet. Oh, oh, they, they were being sarcastic. They were being sarcastic. But some people who commented was like, yo, that would be dope. They actually forgot. And I ain't going to hold you. Like, I mean, I know, but I forget at times, too. Like, yo, they all were on the same team, like, all the team at the same time. Like, but anyway, right, so the point is, before, you can pull the wrong trigger and trigger the wrong person. What are the odds to you guys that LeBron James and Cleveland lose Game Three in their building? Like, what are what are what are their odds of losing in your eyes? Thirty. I give them a thirty percent chance. Thirty thirty percent chance they lose. I would give a thirty five percent chance because the only way I can see them losing is just like like they, they go on a huge run and the Celtics like have an answer and then they just quit. So I that's it, that kind of seems like what happened in games one and two because the games would be nip and tuck for a while and then they ain't gonna do that, that at home. They ain't gonna do that at home. They ain't gonna do that at home though. There. I mean, the Cavs ain't gonna do that. They got no, more pride. They got more pride. I'm gonna give them a lower percentage than y'all. A lower. I I, I give the Cavs a twelve percent lose uh, chance to lose in game three. Yo. They lose in game three. The series. Come on. I, I, you know, winning. Yo, we the greatest. Yo, we the greatest Poma. We the greatest Poma stat dudes ever. We the greatest Poma stat dudes. Give him a twelve percent chance. Twelve percent. Twelve point six seven. Why? Why not thirteen? <laughs> not quite. In that case, I'm gonna give him a thirty-eight point nine percent. It just never. All right. So stat of the week. It goes back to the Western Conference Finals. Um, oh, I'm sorry, and I, I, I haven't checked the uh, the chat room in a minute. Skyview was saying when we were talking about the point guards, um, he was saying Magic Stockton, Isaiah, and Kidd are his top four. Um, five, he said Michael Ray Richardson. Six, Kevin Johnson. Seven, Charles E. Billups. <laughs> Kevin Johnson was my idol growing up, uh, Big Kev. No way I'm putting him in the top six point guards of all time. Yo. And Jimmy can attest Yo, to that. His top, I wore Kevin. His top. I mean, because we had our we, team shoes were Nike, but my practice shoes were Kevin Johnson, and I was too cool to wear Kevin Johnson. I like Kevin Johnson that much that I wore Converse to practice, and that tells you how big of a fan I was. Uh, but nah, I can't put him in my top noodle. Ever. Seven. He put Chauncey <laughs> Billups. Shoot yourself. <laughs> you might agree with you. Shoot yourself. Eight. Gary Payton. Nine. Steve Nash. Ten. Mochi. Chauncey Billups over Gary Payton. Nah, his, his, list, yo, his list is weak. Listen, <laughs> listen I'm, the, I'm the biggest. I'm Chauncey Billups' agent, and yes, I think you is. should slap yourself. Like, I and take shots. I, I like Chauncey Billups, and I take shots at Chauncey Billups just because I know how much B likes him. But, shoot that, <laughs> that dude, That dude ain't a top 10 point guard, yo. You, you crazy. He said you can't say CB3 is not in the top 10. And he said we can't say Horford isn't talented anymore. He just looks like an athlete. He just doesn't look like an athlete, that's all. Yeah. Um, Go. Chauncey, uh, Michael Ray. Michael Ray, we know what. No. Michael Ray. Michael Ray is worse than Chauncey, though. That's even worse. (laughs) Yeah, Michael Ray. Yo, what was you looking at? Yo, he must know him. Yo! Might, yeah, that might be Skyview's homeboy. <laughs> hey, I'm with you up in the room. I forgot about Gary Payton. But, I mean, the fact that I can forget about him because of Yo, do yeah. you realize I mean, plus, that he named that whole plus, list? Think, he named I that whole list would, and didn't name Oscar. 
He didn't name and up. We know, I know. And we know Michael Ray Richardson played point guard, but I would think that his primary position was shooting guard. So I'm like, I'm really not trying to put any tweeners so, on. So would Michael Ray. But so even would if Michael he was Ray. a point guard, like Michael Ray Richardson, that he point guard of all time. Well, yeah, Michael Rick, 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 that's interesting. But you know what though, so, fellas? This is the, this is the, the epitome of sports and everything being subjective. We can't tell that man that Michael Ray Richards ain't the the fifth best point guard he's ever seen in his life. That's what he saw. I'll tell you so, something. I've seen Michael Ray Richards. I think I think I think Rod Strickland was better than Michael Ray Richardson. Not making yeah. Tim Hardaway. Uh, <laughs> Yo. But Here, here's, here's Michael Gray, something else I've been seeing a lot. Something else I've been seeing a lot. Of a lot of people already got in their top um, ten. Who? Steph. Who? Oh yeah. Shoot. Some people got Steph in their top three. Yo. Some people drawing it all the way out. Steph the greatest. I, I ain't can, gonna lie. It, it, I ain't gonna oh, lie to y'all, and I ain't gonna hold y'all. Here we go. No. <laughs> Yo, get your phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love I love the dude's game so much. I just don't say anything. I just yo, I I don't even yo yo. You like I might be thinking it. I just don't say. It. Yo, I I just don't say. Yo, Steph, Steph puts me in a position where I just get quiet as a church mouse because. I don't want y'all to clown me. <laughs> no, no. But, but here's the thing, though. I, I don't be I'm not even going Yeah, but but the thing is, me, like I, yeah, I wouldn't be crazy. If if Steve Nash has a case, right? Steph don't have a case of being better than Steve Nash. No, that that's my that's one of that's one of my arguments is that yo Steve Nash is closer to us than he is to Steph. I think. Here's why I'm here's why I'm not gonna criticize you. I'm gonna tell you why. Not I gave like you my top, I gave you my top three. Oh. I gave you my top three without question, right? Which is Magic, JK, and Zeke. But if you ask me like, yeah. yo, right now we're drafting, you can have them in their prime, you can have Steph or Zeke. I had to think about that. And I got yeah. Zeke ever. Yeah. The only not listen, the only the knock the knock that Steph has is he doesn't average enough assists to me, and that's because of the system he plays in. And he will turn the rock over a little bit higher than the guys in your top three. Like, he gets a little careless sometimes with the turnovers for the sake of making the pretty pass. But, yo, it's kind of like – I'll compare it to hip-hop. My man is going to take his yo, favorite. I got to show you – I got to tell you all something real quick, though. I'm watching something. It says, Lewis Riddick, top five QBs in the NFC East. Carson Wentz, number one, Alex Smith, number two, Nick Foles, number three, Dak Prescott, number four, <laughs> Eli Manning, number five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody getting disrespected. Somebody getting disrespected, man. Eli got two trips. Eli King in New York. So, no. so, Pete this, though. <laughs> he got yeah. Nick Foles, number three, though. Yo, hey, you, if you can, Yo, put, you can put your favorite in the in the top, right? And not not your best, but your favorite. I'm gonna do the same. So I got Andre Miller. Yo. my man, basic game, Andre Miller. Listen, Yo. Yo, Andre Miller, the he's underrated. Yo, he's underrated. Yo, he's underrated. But it's like when people say that Black Thought is the greatest rapper ever. I don't be arguing. I just don't say nothing. <laughs> yeah, I won't argue. I'm not arguing that. I'm not because I, 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 I ain't gonna argue. 
I ain't arguing against this. All right, nope. don't be open. Yeah, I won't do it. That conversation is going to be like 45 minutes. Yeah. My leprechaun black. Well, listen, stat of the week real quick before we uh, roll Bubba on. Chuck, this is, gonna, uh, Bubba Chuck, is this officially a two-guard? We don't even get no more? Yeah, he's, no, a, he's, a, he's a two-guard. He's a two-guard. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's he tell, tell you himself, Jimmy, Jimmy, he'll come on the show and tell you, I was the killer. I was the killer. <laughs> and I think I think he I'm did say killer, like I wasn't right? point guard in that conversation he was having with them young boys at, at the table. Yeah, they were eating. yeah. I'm the killer. Somebody tried to put him in there. Obi he was, was like, no, the I killer. wasn't a point guard. I was he said the no. <laughs> I was the killer. Um. All right. So yeah, stat of the week, uh, and it has a lot to do with what we talked about earlier, being the difference from game one to game two. And when I said tween like 45 times, I wasn't exaggerating because you know we have nerds out here who count this kind of stuff. So the stat of the week is the total amount of dribbles in game one of the Western Conference Final. James Harden took 550 dribbles in game one. Steph Curry, Durant, and Klay Thompson all together took 549. So he took one more dribble Yo. than their top three players <laughs> all together. And Yo. we saw what the outcome was. Yo. So without tween, 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 step Skip back. Like, <laughs> play, yeah. When he, when he, he slowed that down heavy, a little bit heavy, and they moved back. the ball, they had more, more uh, success. So we can't have a stat like this again Yo. if we expect to see Houston in the NBA finals. Skip it that. Yo. I want, I want to, I want to go to the conversation. He's not even the point ESPN guard. ESPN actually, ESPN actually still out there ranking for the top five point guards. And they have Magic 1, Oscar 2. They got John Stockton 3. They got Steph 4. Um, hmm. And Isaiah Ooh. 5. And then number 6, got Chris Paul. 6, Chris Paul? Perspective no. track by J.K. Yo, so they, I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, they disrespected Jay Kidd. I would like to, I would like to say that whoever took the time to uh, to do that stat. Now, the four of us are all late thirty something, early forty something married men, and we are happily married. But yo, if you're single and you took that stat, you don't have sex enough. You counting dribbles? I just want to say, yeah, if you count <laughs> dribbles, you don't have enough sex. <laughs> and you had a tween is He was clicking it every time he went tween. You don't have none. All right. So uh real quick, man, before we move on, y'all know the drill. Y'all can check out our website at warroomsports.com while you're there. Take your time, look around, click on the contact us tab. Send us a message about the company, the show, inquire about sponsorship and advertising opportunities, joining the network, uh, anything. For general inquiries, email us at info at worldroomsports.com. Make sure you click on the, the memorabilia tab. Make sure you click on the blog tab to read the latest articles. Uh, Gus Griffin dropped something today about the uh, them striking down the law about sports gambling, so make sure you check that out. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit um, during the show. Um, and look, just, just make sure you uh, check out everything we got to offer. You can download the free War Room Sports mobile app on Android and iOS. Um, you can 
go to the chat room right now during the show, which is blogtalkradio.com slash the war room to get into the JW Philly Realty chat room and hold it down with the homie Skyview One. Uh, to do that, all you got to do is sign up for a free profile on Blog Talk Radio. If you don't have one or if you don't want one, you can sign up to your Facebook and Twitter accounts. But while you're there, just make sure you click follow because that'll get you updates. Um, we're going to be reading posts from all of our social media platforms during the show. But if you want to call in and speak with us, we see we got a couple of people waiting on the line. Thanks for your patience. We'll get with you in a minute. Uh, you can dial a digital stream tech hotline at numbers 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. We're going to talk about what happened this week while y'all were on the grind. Um, we're going to do that and some birthday shout-outs. As soon as we finish that, we're going to get to the phone line. So if you're on there and you're waiting, just hang tight, and we will get to you. So while you were on the grind, is brought to you by... The wonderful, illustrious Sports the Book, written by War Room Sports' own Jimmy the Blueprint Williams. What's up, Jim? Um, you yeah. guys tired of reading the same old sports bull jive? Look, make sure you pick up your copy of Sports. Smart people only read the sports. Look, when you when you when you read this book, you might get a whole new perspective. On the way you argue sports You might get a whole new perspective on life Because a lot of y'all dudes need daddies But that's a different story But you know this whole goat argument That we have every single day Every time LeBron makes a shot Or every time LeBron misses a shot Read sports the book And you might get a whole new perspective And figure and, And just realize that you're wasting your time In arguments like that Anyway, just go to sportsthebook.com or get your copy from our website, warroomsports.com. But whatever you do, yep. just make sure you don't miss that movement. All right. I just crazy about the shot that uh-huh. I still to read the book. Oh, that? Um, no, I want listen. to shout Adam Silver for reading the book because, uh, you know, um, that whole thing they're doing now with the, uh, the G League. Yeah, that was written about oh, yeah. sports book like uh, a long time ago. So shout out to for taking my Check it out. Any- uh, you're gonna see a lot of stuff. And remember when you're reading it, make sure you check the you know the, the trademarks and the and the date, <laughs> the publishing yeah, date, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So you know this stuff wasn't written after some of these things were implemented. Make sure you know where you heard it first, even if you read it second. We are the <laughs> originators. All right. So well, Jimmy is the originator. Lucas Glover. <laughs> this is a crazy story. Uh, he had a pretty bad day at the Players' Championship. He did not make the cut. But when he got back home, he was physically attacked by his wife. I, I don't know if he's that mad when my man Yo. don't make the cut and he don't come home with that check. But he was physically attacked by his wife. I'm trying to pull the story back up so I can give the details. Damn, Cap. That's like Cap. Uh, that's like Cap Rooney. Yeah, he bombed. He bombed it. Yeah, his his wife was crazy like that too. But they said Krista Glover, 36, she was arrested by St. John's County Sheriff's deputies at Sawgrass TPC in Ponte Vedra, Vedra Beach and charged with domestic battery and resisting arrest. So she was about that life with the police as well. So after he missed the secondary cuts. She greeted him at at home with a shower of insults and and allegedly 
a beatdown. Like she put her hands on him. There must have been some promises made. Like seriously, like you bring home. Yo, my man, my uh, man, my man didn't even want to play golf. Maybe you know we can get a pool put in or something. There was some promises made because I don't see why you know you miss a cut on one tournament and she's this irate about it. So like, either some yeah. promises were made or there was something on the line like where they needed the money and they figure okay you're a good golfer you're good enough to make the cut. Once you make the cut, if you place, you get this amount this amount of money. And he didn't get it there, so she. <laughs> she went in his mouth yeah. the game I'm just, I'm just gonna make the assumption that it's about something totally what separate. Is that? And this was in like, front of like their two children. He, <laughs> yeah, like maybe he had a, uh, you know, something else came out that had to do with golf. Yo, that's bullshit. Oh, let me add, Jen. This was in front of their two underage children and dude's mom. <laughs> so she lit him up for everybody. Now. He told the authorities that these type of fights aren't unusual. <laughs> he described how when he, quote, plays a bad round of golf, she proceeds, proceeds to start an altercation with him and telling him how he's a loser and a P-U-S-S-Y and how he needs to fire everyone and he'd, be, and he'd better win or she and the kids would leave him and he would never see his kids again. Yo, what did you right, well, first off, Yeah, and my thing, crazy like that, doesn't come out of the blue, so she's big crazy like that. He's put up with it, so that leads me to one conclusion. Y'all already know what that is. Yo, it gotta be amazing. Sunshine, sunshine, that's all I'm gonna say. Sunshine, sunshine. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, that's the only conclusion you can draw. Like if this happens all the time and you put up with that, you put up with that for a reason. The plot thickens. <laughs> the plot thickens. Oh. He had multiple lacerations to his right arm and his mom had lacerations on her arms and blood on her clothes as well. So she probably tried to stop her from beating her son down and she got a little bit of that medicine as well. Yeah. Chick's crazy. She's Tommy from Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. <laughs> Yo, she's Tommy, Tommy. Tommy's gotta have that fire. Yeah, she got that she got that fire. We already know that uh Erica Mena got that fire. Um, so Michigan state has settled and they're going to pay $500 million to the survivors of Larry Nassar's sexual abuse. Um, and this is believed to be the largest settlement ever in a sexual misconduct case involving a university. So, you know, this settlement was more than whatever they settled the Sandusky case for at Penn state. So the attorneys are representing 332 claimants. Um, and they agreed to this uh, settlement. They agreed. The agreement stipulates that $425 million will be distributed to claimants who are currently part of the lawsuits, and then an allocator will determine how much each person will receive. The remaining $75 million will be held in reserve for two years in the event that others come forward and make claims about Nassau's abuse. I'm about to call Michigan State and say that boy touched me when I you know, I was there visiting. <laughs> yeah. Yo, they're holding seventy-five million for people who haven't even spoken up yet. That's because that's because they know already. That means that means they got an idea. Y'all know how many phone calls they gonna get about somebody else saying that dude touched them. Yeah. Oh my god. And somebody do the math. I only have my calculator out. Let's just say four hundred twenty-five if they've split it evenly between three hundred and thirty-two people. 
how much money is each person going to get? Somebody, somebody do that math, and I'll go to the next story. Um, Robinson Cano uh, was busted for uh, using an illegal substance, and he will miss the next 80 games. Now, that's all well and good. You know, we know what the drug bans are these days. But the big thing with him, you know, by most quote-unquote objective measures, a lot of people think his resume um, and his numbers are gaudy enough to get him into the Hall of Fame. But now that he has this on his resume, and you know what they're doing to people like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, who are some of the best at their position, or some of the best period that the game has ever seen, do y'all think that this little uh, piece of news is going to basically shatter Cano's chances of getting into the Hall of Fame? Has to. It has to. Because I mean, like, like you just said, look what's going. I mean, as good as he is, he ain't Barry Bonds. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there's no way it has to. And what he used was the diuretic uh, furosemide, which could be used as a masking agent to conceal PED use. So. You know, a lot of these times in these tests, they don't actually catch you with the actual yeah. um, PED. But, you know, when you have a masking agent, you get popped for that as well because it's actually on the ban list. Uh, I, I got a text from somebody saying that we were a little choppy. Um, if anybody else hears uh, that, let us know. On, on This was yeah. like 20 minutes ago, though. I don't know. Um, oh, okay. Yo, Dev, I got, I got some, uh, some breaking news. It's, a, it's only breaking news here, though. Um, uh, what's it called? It made a season of the drop. What's up? Wait. What'd you say? <laughs> I, said, I said the breaking news is, is, is only breaking news here, and maybe you want to tissue with the tape that uh, that showed the toys that made us. Yo, season two about to drop, though. Boom. <laughs> That's only news here, though. Like, and for those people yeah. say you go to Netflix and get the toys that made the highest. Anyway, all right. So, um, all right. So this is the greatest story of the week, right here, in my opinion. And 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 to the and I'm not talking about Robinson Cano. I'm talking about the next one. Um, I do believe as well that it's going to hurt his chances um, a little bit because if they're being consistent, then we think it has to, right? Um. Let me check to see if Casey Mack, because he's a big baseball head. I was just going ahead to see if he had anything to say about that. Um, he is <laughs> he is typing. All right. And he said uh, he hears us fine. So, Casey Mack, you think um, Robinson Cano, even though he may have the resume for it, you think he, his, his uh, Hall of Fame chances have been shot? And he said if A-Rod gets in, <laughs> then there's a chance. And that's true. But if any of these dudes get in and Bonds and Clemens aren't in, then everybody's being really hypocritical in this whole situation. All right, but here's the greatest story of the week in any sport. A 25-year-old man was arrested after allegedly posing as a Hurricane Harvey evacuee and enrolling as a freshman at a Dallas ISD high school. Now, the reason why this has become a big deal is because this guy, Sidney Bouvier Gilstrap Portley, I don't know why he has 16 names, he enrolled 
in Hillcrest High after enrolling in the Skyline High, um, and and Doc Bayon would know all of this because these are Dallas ISD high schools. Uh, he and he he. I guess he enrolled in the first school and then re-enrolled in this other school under the name Rashawn Richardson. Um, like I said, he claimed to be a victim displaced by Hurricane Harvey, which was the hurricane that hit Houston back in August. Not only did he enroll in high school, he did this so he could play high school basketball. So <laughs> there have been tweets about this guy lately because in, the, in a recent game, he put up 32 points. 16 rebounds and they made sure they told you like man this same kid about a week ago put 40 points up on the number one high school team in the nation his real former high school basketball coach in houston texas saw him playing in a game i don't know if he just saw him in the paper or saw him whatever but he saw that he was playing on his team and he dropped dime on him to let people know that he coached him in high school years ago Dude yeah. was getting his number. Ah, yeah, I ain't gonna front. And I know y'all have. Like, there have been times when I was around his age, thinking to myself, like, man, with everything I know now, <laughs> plus the physical ability that I still have, if I was to play in high school basketball now, man, I'd be on my way for a D1 scholarship. <laughs> Maybe on to the league. This dude went Yo, out and tried to really so make fire. it happen at 25 years old. He was out there giving the high school students the business. But this is the question I have for you guys before you even give your opinion. Why the hell did he enroll as a freshman? He was going to try to do this for four years. (laughs) He was going to try to, like, break school records for scoring or something. He was trying to be the greatest high school player in this school history. Yo, what what did y'all think when y'all saw Yo, first off, this boy is both trash and a legend at the same time. Like, <laughs> you trash because you, you, tr- you, yo, yo, <laughs> Zach Morris is trash. Listen, you trash <laughs> you try to be a freshman and try to do this for four years. And I'm just, I'm just going to sit here and, and put up my prayer and hand rub. I'm just hoping that you uh, spend quality time with you know, those cheerleaders out there. That's what I'm hoping for, man. Because you're a strong <laughs> man at this point. And R. You Kelly. Numbers like that. And you know, he was a basketball star, yo. You know what come with that? Yeah. You know what come he with was that. in there yamming up. So he's so they're gonna find I out at never, some point that not only is he committed fraud. Yeah. So my point yeah. is they're they're gonna find out at some point that your man uh, is a pedophile as well. Yo, but he's also a legend at the same time. He's trash and he's a legend. You're a legend because you know, because you did that. You just went you took it a bit too far. It's like, you know, like Eddie Murphy said somebody wrote if you wanted to be a cowboy. But it's classified as a senior, got off one year and tried to, you know, see what happened. I mean these dudes declassifying anyway, you don't know how old anybody is. And then, you know. Alright, so um Yeah, so this is this is <laughs> this is crazy, but this was the most entertaining story that I've seen all week because I can't sit here in front like I've never had those thoughts. But, you know, I wasn't going to drop what I was doing and actually try to live it out. I don't know what he had going on, but, you know, he, he posed as an evacuee. Obviously, he was really from Houston because his Houston, you know, former high school basketball coach was the one who dropped dime on him. So, 
I got a lot of the, I got the so first part of the story the might be true. Like I wonder, because my thing is like, so you've been there before, so like, was his GPS GP have been amazing too? Right, right. He stayed eligible. I mean, I the work probably was easy for him. He's going to. I mean, but I go to school now. I I still ain't gonna pass algebra, so I give him his props. <laughs> I give him. He got props. beef with algebra. Right, I still got beef with algebra. All algebra these years beef. later. All right, so let's give some birthday shout-outs, and then we can hit these phone lines. I think the homie Tobias is back, so we got to get to him. I see the homie Rob, Mountain Cali. We're going to get to y'all. We see you. Uh, we just had to talk about our 25-year-old homie um, doing his thing for the Dallas ISD. School you the real, M- you the real MVP. Out there trying to be a legend on these basketball courts. But, Jimmy, who's having a birthday Um Today in the world of sports, yes, sir. Time to talk about who's having a birthday, as we always do. As we always do about this time. So I got to take a time from Ernie Johnson. Our birthday segment has been unsullied by sponsorship for the past two months. Don't like our content because we uh we go there. But anyway, birthdays. Max Ryan is Yo, birthdays is always old. brought to you by God. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> no doubt. Yo, Allah. <clears throat> Allah. Yo, Matt Ryan. Ryan is uh turning thirty three. Very wealthy, Matt Ryan. Uh, Channing Fry is turning thirty five. <laughs> Tony Parker, who nobody mentioned, one of their top guards for good reasons, is turning thirty six. Jose Gillian is turning two. We got here. Hubert Davis. Jimmy didn't try. Jimmy didn't try the Spanish accent at all in bold name. No, not Jose at all. Not at all. Like, <laughs> I call him Gillian. I feel like I ain't gonna go on a like, no. yesterday. Like, you know, not, not, let me shut up. Um, yo, I know one of his um, conquests. Um, one of oh, his um, European conquests from when he was here in town in, in Washington. Shout out to Jose oh, okay. Gillian. Okay. <laughs> she shared. Anyway, um, Hubert Davis turns 48. Uh, <laughs> Yo! Craig Erickson turns 49. The legend Danny Manning turns 52. Danny John Cox. Greatest center in Hawks history. Yo, John Conkak, um is the reason for a lot of uh, of what happened in the, um, the NBA in terms of people forget about the contract he got. And the contract he got back then was very contract. Now it's now it's but anyway. Um in the legend, legend, Sugar Leonard turned sixty two. Yo, we gotta gotta give a shout out. Hold on, Benjamin. We gotta give one more shout out to one of our biggest supporters. Used to be a war room sports writer. I think he put down a long time ago. He need to pick his pen back up. But shout out to the homie who's in the War Room Sports Game Time group rapping right now. KC Max 38, aka oh. <laughs> aka Dallas, Kansas City at the same time. <laughs> the aka LeVar Ball's little nephew. Happy born day, KC Max. And thanks for all your support over these years. Brought that pen back up, man. Get back on the scene. Dog, I, uh, <laughs> I realize the fact that uh, the fact that you know Facebook no more. I don't be knowing nobody, but Facebook like got me spoiled. Where 
the family, like, like yo. I know, right? Birthday, okay. Like, oh, you remember? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a big ass. I got a big ass. Yeah, what you mean? Oh, we family. Yo, I got an extra, <laughs> I got an extra Facebook birthday to my uh, Gmail account. But you can't do that. Anyway, that's all the twenty birthday week. You know what I'm saying? Birthday, from the war room. Doubt. All right. Like I said, check out our website at warroomsports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us, we're about to get into some more NBA talk right after we hit these phone lines. If you want to call in and speak with us on these phone lines, Digital Extreme Tech Hotline is open, 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening on your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. Um, and speaking of Digital Extreme Technologies, I'll, I'll do that read real quick, Jim, just so we can get to these NBA rap. Uh, we're going to talk about it's brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. We know when you open a business, you got a lot of expenses, you got a lot of other stuff to worry about, but you have to be online. You have to have a presence. And if you go to Digital Extreme Technology, you can fit that right into your, your startup budget. Top quality results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And look, financing options are even available, so you don't have an excuse. You can put something on it, and you can pay on it monthly. Visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205-4203 and for discounted rates, be sure to tell them that the homie over at War Room Sports since you on down. You're the next contestant on the website. It's right. All right, we're going to get to these uh, to this phone line real quick. Yes, sir. Where is Curtis Blow? All right, so the phone line. we got the homie uh, Tobias calling back in from over in Arizona where the Phoenix Suns got the first pick in the NBA draft. What up, Tobias? Roll down, Tobias. Roll down. Don't give a damn about the Suns getting number one pick. The Bulls ain't <laughs> for nothing. About, hey, I can't even cuss right now. But you, I know you're, you're a PG radio show. But these goons going to do all this tanking, get rid of all these players, and, and you trade Jimmy Butler for a light-skinned dude. That all he does is jump. Marking is nice. And everybody. And Chris Dunn, know who's still Tobias waiting to him. That, you know, he'll light one of his teams up in a minute. But I keep trying to tell Tobias, like, Every team that ain't tanking, that's a new thing now. Hey. <laughs> like, but no, the Bulls didn't trade, like, everybody and their mama. <laughs> I mean, they didn't really hey, have a choice. don't worry. They got rid of, the Bulls they got rid of uh, Jimmy. So, yeah, they were ready to lose. And, and Hey. So, who, 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 what are you thinking about? Dude that can jump. What, what does he do well? All he does is jump. Whoopee. Was, but anyway. And he had an injury. Yeah, we luck, we luck to the marketing. But we already know what they're going to do this draft. They're going to look for the three- or four-year college player who's a winner, who does nothing in the pros, or like Denzel Valentine who couldn't outrun centers in the combine. But anyway, I got that off my chest. Uh, <laughs> tell them how you say. Hey, I'm watching the playoffs, right? And uh, the thing is, like, it's like what kills me. Like, I'm watching Cleveland, right? Boston is – it's, take away all this stuff, right? Look at how tough Boston is. Look at how great they down for loose balls, rotations, moving the ball. They they going in, they going for it. 
still a lot of standing around, looking around like we good. We too cool for school. And I they're think that's Man, why, when's the last time they had to work to get to the finals? Privileged. And, and you know what? And, and I think, and this is why like, people, when they criticize LeBron, they don't look nuanced. A lot of times, yeah, you may know your team ain't going to win. And I compare it to, let's say, Allen Iverson, for example. There were plenty of times his teams were outmanned. Knew they weren't going to win. But did he show down the court or he set the tone by laying out, setting the tone, saying, hey, if we're going to lose, we're going to take a take a uh, chunk of flesh with them. Now it's like, hey, I'm getting We're talking about practice. Not a game. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you but, know, it kills so, me. Like, okay, I, like, so, like, hold on, I'll say this real quick. You, In February, okay. all we heard of Rodney Hood and Jordan Clarks is great. They were talking all this mess, <laughs> but now they hate them now. Make up their mind. <laughs> that's they that's they want. <laughs> you know what? It's funny because you you just talked about like I just did something together because you are low key, but I'm gonna call it low key because you never admit to it. You're a big LeBron hater, by the way. Um, and <laughs> not that I'm taking up for LeBron, but you are a LeBron hater. But I just put it together. It's because you're a Bulls fan, and you are one of these people that's going to like go crazy over the ten hour documentary. That's what it all boils down to. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's that. I'm not channel Steve. I thought Steve A said something. It's like no It's like that's the one athlete. If you, you're remotely critical, not you per se. People think you're a hater. And I'm like, look, I say the man is great. He's the best player on the planet. But it's like, dude. But but my thing is, it's like, dude. You kind of gotta admit that at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't say Will not Willie. Willie he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's for eight to ten years. But, but but here's the thing, though. And it's like people talk about, like, oh, you go. It's like I think now, like, let's say Fregacy, for example. I think there's only certain teams that can handle him. And, like, say people say Philly. But here's the thing that people don't factor in. Are those young guys ready for that media circus every game? Are they ready to be like, hey, if they don't win, it's your fault? It's like there's a lot of things there. And are those guys ready? But Kevin Love can handle it. But, like, so Chris Bosh really didn't like it. So, it, that, that's some things out there that I think people got to look at. Actually, he got he had a nervous breakdown. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, even though, like, let's look Is at the Warriors, true? for example. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. The, the Warriors, what? Oh, I'm sorry, like the, like the Warriors, for example. Everyone, when they talk about, oh, if they go against this mythological, like, you know, hypothetically a great team, well, what are they going to do about stuff? What are they going to do about Kevin Durant? Well, Cleveland gave the blueprint a couple of years ago. He's just doing it now. You may not be able to lay him out with an elbow, but you make him work on defense. You run him off screens. You uh, you make him work on D. You, you make him run, like, if whenever he moves, someone jams him up a little bit. And I, and I think that's the thing that may end up holding him back. Because Steph, he's always, he's always been nicked up. And right now he's trying to get back into shape and back into a rhythm in the playoffs. Now, I still think they'll beat Houston, but after a while, he'll get hurt and may not come back. But then again, you got Clay Thompson, who could be stupid enough to take a $70 million discount. But, hey, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, I mean. All right, so. I don't know. I was, I was going to ask you, who, like, give me a name. Who do you think the Bulls are going to? At that, at that pick, whoever whoever went to college four years and did well in the tournament, 
That's what they always do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, or also the best available white guy with no hops and no foot and, le- and two lead feet, like Doug McDermott. Yes. <laughs> we could have had Gary Harris, who's a decent player. But no, we got to get Doug McDermott. Hey. Who are you playing for now, the Beijing, the Beijing Bengals? Who? McBuckets. <laughs> Why are you hating on McBuckets? Hey, big buckets can't get a mixed shot off. Hey, but you know what? I'll say this also uh, before mm-hmm. I go. Uh, you know, like the NBA, for example, it's like yeah, J.R. Smith play. He should be suspended right now. He could have really hurt Al Horford that night. And, and it's like I see guys get suspended for way less. And, uh, and and the thing that kills me is that like you watching this stuff, and uh, and it shows how great a coach Brad Stevens is because Al Horford that team jump. has no he'd be hurt right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it's like that team has no business being in the conference finals. <laughs> yo, he he's trying to he's trying to slander Jerry Smith, but what that really is is LeBron slander, yo. Hey, LeBron, hey, you know what? I'll say this. Though. I don't even, I don't even, I don't even hey. like, I don't even like LeBron's big fan in his own court stuff. But y'all be making me take up for the bull because y'all be, yeah, like pocket man. <laughs> hey, all I know is that when I saw J.R. Smith push Al Horford, Jimmy, I was Jimmy, waiting for John Chambers Jimmy, to go Jimmy in. Jimmy a closet, Jimmy a closet LeBron fan because LeBron reminded him of uh, Magic. No, he, <laughs> Magic ain't no athletic. You know what? Like that. I'm not a positive LeBron fan at all. Hey, Jimmy hoping he goes to the Lakers. Off the court. Off the court. <laughs> you damn right. I'm going, listen, like I told you before, like, it's one of those things. I understand everything that comes with the best, but he's the best player. You can't say he's the best player on your team for no for nothing. You can't uh, say Jimmy no. Getting told a bit. You know what? I also hate it's like every time I think like – you know, maybe because of the 24-hour news cycle, they kind of made, you know, I'm tired of hearing every time, like, LeBron hits a shot. Well, he did this for everybody else or this, or Michael Jordan never did this, or Magic never did this. And I'm like, can we just enjoy the guy in the era? Because the, the game was totally different in these eras. Like, he had a rel- he didn't have a reliance on a three-point shot like Cut he do now. Cut the TV off, man. Listen. You I, mean, yeah, I mean, the stats do get a little crazy. The stats get a little crazy. We talked about it last week, how they – his yeah, we talked about last week. You got you got different like outlets trying to cover this sport twenty four seven. So cut it off. They yeah. trying to one up uh, each other. That's I why everybody's hiring. I just go on the, the internet. Oh, people, people, people text me all day long. People text me every day. Y'all, did you see what Steve said? Did you see what Nick Wright said? I'm like, no, I didn't. I, I didn't know. I, 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 I don't need to hear them, dude. Don't worry. If you watch sports TV right now, they make up another Michael Jordan debate. Talk about Dez Bryant again. I don't know why they keep talking about Dez Bryant. Like his dudes with dude. I don't know. Man, That's one of the first reasons. A lot of people aren't watching. It's the reason why Disney's trying to figure out who they can unload ESPN. Because like a lot of people are turning away from it. That's yeah, because Dez Bryant again. Because here's right, the thing. Well, I'll say this before I go. I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll say this before I go, guys. I'll say this before I go. Hey. I just want to tell LeBron, hey, Nick Saban, the barbershop, new episode's coming up next week, guys. Roll Tide. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, this parting shot. 
right, so let's go to. We got the homie Rob out in Cali. We haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks. What up, Rob? What's going on, Rob? What's up, Greg? What's good, man? It's your boy Rob, a.k.a., you know, I got the fire like hot sauce. Yo, a.k.a., yo, Summertime Funk, a.k.a., yo, the dude who has my Instagram account, man, your mom should swallowed you. Anyway, anyways, man, what's up, man? What's up, man? Because I just got an email. A Jimmy Levert fan. I just got an email um, telling, giving me a reset code for my Facebook page. I'm like, I didn't ask for a reset for my password. So either I'm getting hacked or it's my wife. But um, shout out to her. It's her. If it was her, I don't think she's going to be out there trying to get reset codes. So I must be getting hacked. I don't know. Anyway, what's going on, good bro? What's up, man? What's up? What's up, man? It's been it's been, it's been a while. Uh, there's a lot of things that went past. Like we can't talk about the, too much about the past. But I will say this, yo. Shout out to David Akers. I didn't know you had to end you. You know what I'm saying? It's the Cowboys didn't go to Super Bowl since Tupac was alive. Cause I I used to live in New York City going to PS 273. You know, unlike unlike Dev and Jimmy, I was forced to go to a private black school. You know, so I don't know why a, a, a private black elementary school has to be private. But anyways, man, that's just me. But Yo, also shout to Tobias. Tobias man, the best of both worlds, man. Yo, I'm gonna try to call him out to do a podcast. He hasn't replied my messages. I'll call you out, Tobias, man. Come on. You you talk about black wealth and stuff, but the money we your mouth is, let's do this, man. Come on. Right, okay. We we'll pass on the message if he ain't still listening. That's what's up. Podcasting the yeah, making. It's gonna be hilarious. Well, I'm I'm tired of this whole LeBron conversation. It's a nauseating. I mean, I don't I, I don't understand why. I mean, people forget like when somebody becomes like a defensive player of the year in the MVP, that says something. I mean, I mean, what is up with this bronze sexuality? This this bronze spring, I should say. I think that's a good word. You can say Braun Spring. It's just like everybody and and nobody's even mentioning Kobe and the Kobe fans even knew their place when it came to the conversation. Now, what is going on, man? Hey, it's Braun time. The league, you know, everybody's excited. Just like you know, we were excited when Michael Jordan was going through his run. Um, I, I, I'm not saying that to say that I don't agree, um, and, but when I say Nauseating. I'm not talking about just the excitement for LeBron. He's earned that. My what's killing me, and it's not because I'm from that generation. It's not because I think Mike is better and all that kind of stuff. What kills me is everything he does, good or bad. Michael Jordan has to be brought up. You know what I'm saying? And it's gotten to the point where people are like really disrespecting Michael Jordan now because. You know, you got the people, the younger people, and some people that's actually our age who feel that this is a better era of basketball and the people back in the 90s couldn't hang right now. So, you know, but when you go into this LeBron-Michael Jordan argument, and this is on both sides, like everybody has to tear the other guy down to, to appreciate what the other guy is doing. And I just don't 
I refuse to do that anymore <laughs> for for either side. So you know, I just stay out of the conversation. I just mediate the conversations at this point if they if they happen at this point if they happen on our page because a lot of people come into these conversations giving out like BS that you're supposed to believe is are facts. And I, I basically I'm I'm the fact checker at this point, but I I can't crap on Jordan to to pick up LeBron and crap on LeBron to pick up Jordan. I mean, that one dude on the page, we bend over backwards for LeBron, man. I mean, people forget, like, Will Chamberlain said the best forward. about Jordan. Will, Will Chamberlain said best about Jordan. He said. Nah, he ain't bending he over NBA. backwards. He's bending over forwards. <laughs> or kneeling. But, yo, anyways, man, yo, he, he said that, yo, Will Chamberlain said that, that dudes in the NBA, before they said dudes in the NBA should be getting parts of their checks. And checks to Michael Jordan because he was. I mean, pe- people forget, man. I mean, can LeBron at 38 years old, 39, drop 50? I want to see that. You know, see, I mean. But, but you said people in the NBA, like LeBron doesn't disrespect Michael Jordan. It's just the LeBron stands who disrespect Michael Jordan. So we can't put that on him. I'm pretty sure LeBron knows everything he's doing is, has been made possible because of what Michael Jordan did as a businessman. Um even if he wasn't as business savvy as you know, to the level where LeBron took it, he just knew that he had the type of stardom where he could make the kind of money that he made. LeBron knows that he has the stardom, and you know, like Jimmy said last week, he put the team around him to be able to, you know, force people's hands on some of these moves, some of these deals, and a lot of this money that they're making. Whereas I think in Michael Jordan's day, he just sat back and just let the companies do what they did because he was such a big star. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he knows uh, okay. that he's standing on the shoulders of Mike and, and to another degree, Magic, a little later, you know, after his career, as far as what they're able to do right now. So it's not him. It's, it's his fans. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, because my, my brother yeah. LeBron's sexual, so I get, I get all the time. But, but, <laughs> but not only that, it's – um. It, it's also people forget, and this is why I say he won't go to the Lakers. <laughs> what you mean? It's because it's because he won't go to the Lakers because LeBron likes like like Beyonce said. I always call Beyonce said he's a GM, he's a coach, he's the he's. A... Yeah. Can y'all hear Rob, or is it me? Magic is an H&R okay? You know, he wants to make the Lakers great again, and also he wants to commit. What's he talking about? Can y'all hear Rob? Huh? Can y'all hear him? Yeah, we can't hear nothing you said for the last, like, two minutes, beloved. Yo, and now I hear a phone ringing. Yo, what did you do? Yo, Yo who can't? Hey, Rob, man, we're going to have to holler at you, man, because we can't hear you. Yeah, he, he dropped off. Why is why is the line ringing? Who's about to answer the phone? What's about to happen here? Yeah, this feels like a skit. This will be, this will be everybody this. getting quiet, like, waiting to see who's going to answer the phone. No. I wish they voicemail would hurry up and pick up. Yeah, what's going on? Blog talk is so trash. 
Nah, I just muted B. Austin and the phone stopped ringing. <laughs> Yo, maybe Austin got kidnapped. Uh, I unmuted him, but I think he dropped off. I don't know what's going on, y'all. I, I don't know if that was Rob. He on the joint calling people on the three-way. I don't know what what, what just happened. But anyway, man, <laughs> what's going on in, in the in the in the association, Jim? Oh man, my fucker, brother. I was I was I was muted as well. Um, kind of get back to our association talk. Considering we was rapping about that earlier. Um, Oh, uh, first thing I want to talk about is uh, ESPN and Netflix. I mentioned a little bit there. I was considering uh, bias with LeBron, but um, they're producing a ten-part documentary on Michael Jordan. Hour apiece, right? Yeah, a ten-part documentary. <clears throat> and what's wrong? First of all, can I tell you listeners out there how hype I was when Jimmy gave me this news um, a few days ago? But it's not what you think, because at the time, we were talking about Michael Jackson maybe a few minutes earlier. So, and you didn't even say MJ, but I was so much in the Michael Jackson mind state. When Jimmy said they're going to make a Michael Jordan documentary, 10 hours, 10 parts, my, my, and we were texting. We were in a, in a group chat. So my eyes just saw Michael Jackson, probably because we had just been talking about him. And I got so hyped. I'm here for this. <laughs> I'm going to sit down and act like I know something about Michael Jackson. I'm going to watch the whole thing. And then nobody even told me. I just realized a little later in the conversation that we were talking about Michael Jordan and not Michael Jackson. And though, you know, I'm not here for it. I'm going to watch it. It didn't have the same effect. didn't have the same cash. <laughs> As if it was a part joint on Michael Jackson. But, yo, this is crazy, Jim, because... First thing I thought about once I was on the track and realized what it really was about, whoever's doing this, and Michael Michael Jordan, they said, is 100% on board, so he's probably tired of it too. This I think this is like the response because they're tired of everybody with the LeBron comparisons and, you know, the GOAT arguments and all that kind of stuff. So I think they're about to put out 10 hours of footage as a y'all must have forgotten type of moment. <laughs> I get the same feeling when you when you read about it? I mean, yeah, somewhat, but also kind of irritated me because I think it's something that you just hold in the tuck until he's no longer It's not trying to kill off Michael Jordan. But the fact that he's with this means that it's not going to give us a full picture of um who Michael Jordan was or he, who he is because, I mean, listen, why Because they're going to be too afraid to tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, none of us are perfect and all of us have success. You don't want other people to know. Um, so a lot of times, you some of the best bodies that work is when there's no longer here to, um, you know, be like, yo, I ain't do that. Like, I ain't put, I ain't, I ain't have two midgets. I mean, stuff like that. You, you just can't get a good picture of who he really was. Excuse me, excuse me, little people. But, um, and, and because I know Stop. that there are bronchexuals out there, that's going to do nothing but that debate up. And, but the Michael Jordan standards are just as bad as LeBron. Like, the amount of Blumkin and Richard Ridery and Nikita Cole that's going to be going on um, when this thing comes out is going to be out of control. Out of control. The crazy part about it is they said that this, you know, writer, producer, director, 
They said he was privy to 500 hours of footage to make this. And what's even crazier about the 500 hours of footage, this was all during the the final championship season, uh, championship number six in uh, 1998. So it's like we're going to watch 10 hours, but it's all going to be about one season. So I'm like, you know, if you're going to go for it, why don't, you know, if you're going to spend 10 hours, why don't you whole perspective of his entire life, his entire career? I mean, we've all heard stories at nauseam, but you would think if you're going to give us 10 hours, then you give us something that we didn't know before. And you, and they might and well thing. do that, but it will be something so, we didn't know about me, that season. Give me that I don't like, know. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be something about that season, more details about that season. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be some tidbits we didn't know. But I'm like, yo, dig deeper. If y'all going to do this now, and he's in the position where he is, he's team owner and all that kind of stuff, you know, take it all the way back. You know, try to see if you can find some stuff, some tidbits about his life that we didn't know. But I think it's a case of like what you just said, Jimmy. Like, even if they try to do that and he's on board with it, he's going to have a lot of control over what gets said, what gets shown, and what doesn't. So maybe somebody will go back and do something once he's no longer with us. But after a 10-hour documentary with all the other videos that Michael Jordan already has out, at some point it's going to be overkill. And the person who's going to end up having the best documentary once he's dead is not going to get the same amount of eyes that he should and the same amount of attention because people are already going to be tired of, you know, they don't have Michael Jordan burnout. So I, I don't know. Like what can they really tell us at this point? I mean, we need new information. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Is Mike here, Yanny, or is he Laurel? Which one is here? Like, we need to. Oh, yeah. Like, did Mike smash Scotty's wife too? Um. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, anyway, man. But with all that being said, all of us are going to watch every minute of it, so we we'll still talk in terms. Um. He said stories about Jordan at this point is like retelling the Bible. We already know that Jesus Yo. raised Lazarus. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's like um, documentaries and, and you know, especially since thirty came out, they don't cut their It's just well, you know, I sit there and watch a whole hour of I can talk about Raiders jackets, and I mean, I can spend ten hours watching about like you know, season like two hours hour about a Joe. So, you know. Yeah. It's specifically on Netflix and Netflix is, is a, a mean uh documentary on they got some part of like evil ch- anyway. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, check it out when it comes out. All ten episodes. Yeah, so let's talk about that though. We got about a good good ten fifteen minutes left. Um but I'll just repeat an overall Jim, you gotta speak up because you go on in and out a little bit. If you're louder. Damn, yeah, yeah, I heard I that. What's going on. <laughs> All right, what, what, what I'm saying is this, though. Um, we got about 10 to 15 minutes left. Let's, let's, let's talk about this draft real quick. Um, I want to get your opinion on the overall, like, production. Like, what do you think about the whole production? Like, it's not even the draft at this point. It's just, like, the lottery. They made a production <laughs> out of that. Right. I, I think it's I think it's overkill. And, and, I, and I noticed it. Maybe they started last year or the year before, but – 
they actually bring some of the people who might be lottery picks there to sit around at the lottery and then get interviewed and all that kind of stuff. I think it's overkill, but you know, you can't tell these leagues that because they make money off of everything they do. So they're going to, you know, look for ways to make a show out of everything. We used to do the lottery at halftime of a playoff game and it'd take 10 minutes and it was done. I'm not going to front like that wasn't like boring and they could have saved that as well. But now to make a whole production out of it, I, I don't know how I really feel about it, man. All I know is that I'm still of the conspiracy theory that throughout many years, not every year, because they may not have a good reason every year, but I think if you dig deep enough, you probably could find a good reason every year. Because some of these years when I didn't think that there was anything to it, <laughs> yesterday being one included until I thought a little harder, like if you dig deep enough, you probably could find a way that the lottery was rigged every single year. But there are some that definitely stand out a little more than others. And you guys, you know, were there in the chat room when uh, Tobias, shout out to him, he stepped in the chat room and talked about how the lottery is rigged. And I'm like, like I don't know, dog. Like, who the hell wants to rig the lottery for the Phoenix Suns? And then when you sit back and think about it for a few more minutes, you realize that the top two prospects are, one, a guy who plays for Arizona <laughs> um, University, that is, and then – Another top two prospect is someone overseas that the new coach who's been hired for about five, six days now, somebody that he coached in international basketball. So then you start to wonder, like, damn, like, even for the Phoenix Suns, like, it's it's their turn for the ring. I, I disagree with that one um, just because I feel like the way basketball is now, you can kind of, like, play the Thing with every everybody that gets fit, I just don't see the benefit of, of rigging it for Phoenix, and um, it's like. But but, to, but sometimes I, Jim the rig doesn't even. If come I'm not mistaken, for, it could it could just be a just throwing them a bone. It, it might not even be for their future. It could just be, you know, if they pick Aiton from Arizona, okay, we're gonna sell a few more tickets next year. Like the the. Phoenix gets the number one pick, and the number one prospect just happens to play college ball in that state. Like, it's weird. You might not be able to find a good reason. Like, okay, so what? Is he going to be a generational talent? He might not be. So what's the big deal? Eh, I wouldn't call it a big deal. I, but I just, I just, It's just so yeah, ironic. Because also, also it's if so I'm ironic. not mistaken, Phoenix had the number one pick, the highest odds out of anybody. Right. I think but then when they, you think about that, have, how many times they have the teams with the highest odds get the number one pick? But when there's a reason yeah, for I mean, them to, then... I mean, but everything regresses to the mean eventually. The more times you do it, the more, the more chances that will, will happen that the team with the number one has to get odds will get it. So as long as the draft goes on, there's always... But you know how... But you know how easy it is to these is, conversations, Jim? Why can't they just show us them picking the ping pong balls out of the damn machine? Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, that, they that, do that, that every night true. when I mean, it's they, like hundreds of millions of dollars involved with the lottery. They show us the ping pong balls coming out of the out of the machine. Like, what's so difficult about that? Why they got to already have it all set up? Why does it have to be the, 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 
the company of Ertz and Young with the suitcase and the briefcase and the handcuff on the briefcase and all of the, the drama. Because I'd pay a nice to change for that. <laughs> so instead of the drama, well, you, and you can make a show of that, the ping pong balls flopping around in the joint, you're picking them out and you're seeing who really gets these picks. And I then mean, no, I, you don't I have to hear any of these I hear what you're saying. It's just that, like, I just, like, Phoenix, I just don't see it. Like, if it's the Knicks, I'd have been all with you. Or even even the Lakers, or even the, like, you know, I just see Phoenix. Like, see, but you, I mean, you, it is keep, thinking, you keep thinking from a standpoint of, because I wouldn't say this is the most egregious one that I've ever seen. I'm just thinking from a standpoint of throwing them any kind of a bone, whether it's, you know, for just what? to get the, the team Why a little are you more. Throwing them a bone? Like, what? Why are you throwing a bone? Like, why did like for what? That's but that's like, what I'm trying to you say, Jim. The top two prospects have ties to Phoenix, and Phoenix. Yeah, what I'm saying is, we can play, we can play a game with, with every draft pick, like because that's how the world now. Because of because of so much access to information, you can kind of connect anybody. The, the guy goes to Arizona, and the other one, like, so if they just did the ping pong balls, then we won't be sitting around here connecting these dots. Let me give you some examples. Yeah. Let me give you some examples. I mean, I know you heard my examples before. Um, let's take it to um, this is not as egregious either. This is this is Yao Ming. Yao Ming made it very his his representatives made it very clear. Yao Ming will not be coming to the NBA unless he plays in a city that has a very high um, Asian population. There's not, you know, you know, m- most major cities have like a Chinatown stuff like that. So. Washington could have been in the mix for Yao Ming. Philly could have been in the mix for Yao Ming. Houston was in the mix for Yao Ming. Houston has a huge Asian population. They just happened to get the number one pick after Yao Ming's representatives made this particular announcement. That's just one. The next year, 2003, the Cavs get the number one pick when the number one prospect is a kid from Akron. You know what I'm saying? A kid a few miles down the street. I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked that Jimmy is not here for the conspiracy theory. <laughs> no, you know I mean then, for all conspiracy. And then when you talk I mean, about conspiracy, I just didn't see this one. And it's funny because like I know you can connect the dots, and I think it was uh, I read on a, it wasn't I think it was T. R. Parker where a guy wrote the night of going into the draft. It was an article they dropped that says, "Here's why you can make the argument for every team in the lottery while it's rigged for them." And he put out a paragraph for each team. And all of a sudden, like, damn, the NBA could read it for him. So when I read that, I was like, well, that's part of the reason why we can do what we're doing now. Because you can make an argument, literally, if the team got the first pick, you could have made an argument for the rigging and present. Anyway, I mean, I know that's not, like, that's not coming from you. You said you read it. But if you can, like, give me an example of – if somebody else would have got the pick last night, like why, like what we could have said about it besides like, see, cause on, on a lot of this, I'm not just talking about straight favoritism because we can always say that about the Knicks. If the Knicks get the first pick, everybody's always going to say, Oh, the league offices in New York, they need the New York Knicks to be back again and all that kind of stuff. We can all say right. the same thing for the Knicks every single year, but with the I mean, two, I mean, two top I'm prospects being now, Aiton but... and Don- Donkic, whatever, however you say his name, Donkic, like, besides the Suns, like, who, who else has a bigger case? Who else has closer ties 
to those two picks besides these dudes. Like, Phoenix just happened to hire a, the first foreign-born coach of all time, and he just happened to have coached the number one or number two prospect in the NBA draft. Come on, Jim. <laughs> yeah, but it's not because I don't buy this one. Like, because my thing is, like, you're throwing him a bone. For you to bone is like, what are you throwing Phoenix a bone for? I, that's the part I, I can't let get. Let me help. Let me help. Let me help. People would ask let why me, they did Yeah. 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 You're not getting it. You're not getting it. Jim, Jim is big market. Jim is big market, Jim. So, no matter. Jim is big market Jim. He's big market Jim. So outside of the connection between Akron and Cleveland, I don't think Jim, I don't think you're going to go for a, 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 the fix in any small market because it's not going to make sense to you when you could make that fix for another, a big market. The league, is better, the league is better off fixing it for so many other teams that had a chance to get, the, to get that pick from the league's perspective. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, there's ties to it. And this is not this is not every year. Like, I can't, you know, the dude who wrote that article might, I can't come up with a tie every year. Like, I don't know why the Wizards got it when John Wall was coming out. You know what I'm saying? We might go back and, and see that, oh, a Kentucky coach got an assistant job that year or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's my but point. I know, my point, my to, to me, the, the Yao Ming draft was, the Yao Ming joint was fishy. The LeBron James joint was fishy. The three subsequent Cleveland joints was was a little fishy to me because I don't know if y'all remember, but there were people the moment LeBron left that were talking that he'll probably come back to Cleveland one day. So when you look at it that way, and then when it actually started to build, you're like, yo, these dudes might be trying to get Cleveland all these assets to make it attractive for this dude to come back one day. And they kept giving, giving Cleveland the first pick. Like, I don't know why Greg Oden went to Portland. I don't know why Barnani went to Toronto. Yeah, but see, the thing about that is, right, and, but, and it's the but thing, right? Derrick Rose going to Chicago, to it, fishy. Here's another reason it gets it being fixed, right, is that none of these guys play at the next level. So it's like, you can say you're getting most assets. Cleveland picked, like, outside, who they picked the one dude from UNLV who, like, is he like, yeah, but that's what I keep, right. that's the point I keep trying to make, though. I'm not saying that these dudes are sure, surefire um assets coming into the league but after this year they can't say you know phoenix can't say that they didn't get their turn whatever deal they had they couldn't say that the nba didn't look out like i'm saying some of these things to me are just like hometown cooking like you got a dude from arizona who's the number one prospect and phoenix gets the thing and if it's not the dude from arizona it's the dude that the brand new coach coached in a whole other country so they could both come in the league and be ass cheeks that's not the point that I'm making, but it's still they still have ties to the Phoenix Suns right now. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I, I don't. Derrick Rose. I understand what you're trying to say. I understand what you're trying to say. Chicago's me, greatest Suns. They automate. They they all of, all of a sudden get the first pick. It's just fishy to me. That's all. Now, you know, I mean, and, and and to me, like that that like I I remember the one argument the argument he made for Phoenix article. Which is like one of the top six moves to Arizona, but my point is, if we go back not just this year but every year, we can make a conspiracy argument for pretty much anything. If we look deep enough, we can do that. So, but I, I, I just don't buy this one. I just See, don't. But the like point it. that and I'm making to you is, I don't have to look deep for this. I'm sure you can if you look deep enough, but you don't have to look deep to see that 
the number one and two prospects are from Arizona or coached by their new coach that yeah, nobody's ever another, heard of. But that's another reason why. That's another. Re- that's another reason for me why we say it's a conspiracy. So that's why I, I'm only picking is, out the ones where you also don't have to look. Statistically me. speaking, statistically speaking, they had a better chance of getting that pick than anybody else anyway. Which makes it easier to say that's why they did it. Every other year, everybody's bitching like, man. The, the, the people with the highest chance never get this, and then you know. But if it's if it fits, then why not? Look at Ben Simmons. That's even. Yeah. <laughs> we Brent will Brown, never know. The, Sixers, the coach of the Sixers just happened to coach Ben Simmons' dad in Australia. Sixers get the number one pick when Ben Simmons has come out. It's fishy. <laughs> it's uh, fishy, not like. And that's the thing. You might think because I'm saying this is like I'm saying, oh, the NBA cheating because we don't know if these guys are going to be. Anything. I'm not. I'm just saying. It seems like they rig it sometimes for ties. If you have some kind of ties, it's 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 a good story. If if nobody's thinking about the fact that mm, they may have done this on purpose, it's a good story that Derrick Rose went to Chicago. It's a great story that LeBron James went to Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? It's a great story that yeah. Yao Ming and the NBA. And we do know the NBA. The NBA population. sells. You know the NBA I mean? sells storylines. I, I don't. So I, I don't like, see it. I, I don't I'm know. I'm not even looking at it as some egregious, like because you can only name like one of those dudes that became like generational. And you know, Yao made it to the Hall of Fame, but there was a lot that went into that as well. So I'm not saying you know they they just cheating to get them these dudes. I'm just saying when there's ties, you don't have to look deep for this. Like Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with the, to me, the way the game is in terms of like the community and culture, I think there's probably ties. Probably could have been ties with this guy. Either one is fixed. If we look deep enough, we could find a tie with him probably on ten other teams too. Yeah, I, <laughs> I bet you. Like, like I a, bet you if the Kings would have like hired I, him instead of feet, the Kings would have got their first I, pick. Like, like, <laughs> like I, I know, I know that. Um, like I know one of the things we're talking about going into the draft is like people were saying they're going to fix it for Dallas, but they want. Um, that market to 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 thing and then the dude up the Dirk and whiskey and they had ties family wise something crazy like that. Then it's like, all right, so if Dallas would have happened at one, then they would have like tried to make that the story. Like, um, with replacing Dirk with another like foreign talent, you know that whole not that whole. So if we look, so this, like this is we gotta get out of here. But this is something that I'll never be able to prove because you know they made it to the playoffs in 2013, 2014, the Raptors. But in my conspiracy theory, I guarantee you, if the Raptors were a lottery team that year, then Andrew Wiggins would be a Raptor right now because they would have got the first pick. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but we got to man. Thank you for joining us for briefing the world. Got everybody in the channel, Facebook, Twitter, those in the group that we appreciate it. All the calls, the calls got in. We appreciate those to get to. We apologize. Time has run out. Tune in next week live right here on demand as we catch up on everything around the world of sports. That's the NBA playoffs. So until then, enjoy your weekend. We'll see you right back here. Catch everything on social media, our webcast, our blogs. The entire experience can be found at warroomsports.com. Also, get my book, Sports the Book. You can get it at sportsthebook.com or right at warroomsports.com. So until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast, work against ignorance, and we'll see you champs on top. Jimmy.
know the blueprint. Yo. Every Thursday, 6 to 8, they do this. Shout out to Dez, PJ, Be Austin, Doc Bay on replay. Uh. WarRoomSports.com. Get that mobile app. If not dial, call it 323-14-0012. They be going and you sensitive, then oh well. Yeah. Physical podcast, the tough push. Showtime like magic in the block push. Magic looking alive, push one to join in. Rip your team or listen for your enjoyment. Hip hop dollars, pit stop and knowledge. Should be in sports credits, I ain't talking college. Five guys, no beef though. Secret, secret, but the streets know. Bellafani, I got a chief flow. KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode. Two hours, get your game up. Who's the best in sports cast? You better name us. War Room Sports. Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.